Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad, Confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Samara Weaving on her breakthrough role in the new film, Ready or Not. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. First time guest, first time for probably for many of you, even hearing the name Samara Weaving, I would guess. Uh, but this was this was a unique opportunity, I thought, because you may have heard about this film, Ready or Not. It's now in theaters. It opened just last week. Uh, it's one of those films that kind of snuck up on me and I think a lot of critics and audiences. When I saw the trailer, I was like, I didn't even know this movie existed, and I suddenly was super intrigued by it. And lo and behold, when I saw the finished product, um, it's, a, it's a wild, fun movie that I definitely recommend. If you don't know anything about it, basically, it's kind of a horror thriller. Uh, it's about, um, Samara Weaving plays a young woman who gets married into a very wealthy family and quickly finds that she suddenly has to be kind of indoctrinated uh, through a game that is played, and the game basically entails her being hunted. Uh, so it's a pretty dark premise, but it's played in a very um, arch and funny way. It's super entertaining, has a great ensemble around Samara, uh, including Andy McDowell and uh, Henry Zerny. You may not know that name either. Henry Zerny I've always been obsessed with ever since he was... Kittredge in the first Mission Impossible movie. I've been like holding out hope ever since that that character comes back because he was amazing. And I have a feel, I bet he does come back in one of these next two Mission Impossible movies. Anyway, sidetrack. Um, but the biggest, uh, I think, talking point around this film has been the leading performance from Samara Weaving. Samara, um, you probably haven't seen her in a lot of things. She was in a miniseries uh, remake of Picnic, Picnic at Hanging Rock. She was in the Netflix film The Babysitter. She had a, a choice little role in Three Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri uh, as Penelope. Very funny in that. Um, but she's now suddenly getting a lot of really interesting opportunities. And this one, uh, this performance in this film really stands out, and if you watch it, you'll see that she definitely has some star power and charisma, and she's definitely one to watch. She has just finished shooting the new Bill and Ted film, guys. Come on. Amazing. Uh, she plays Alex Winter, a.k.a. Bill's um, uh, daughter in it. Can't wait to see that. Uh, she's also in a crazy new action film called Guns Akimbo, opposite our old buddy Daniel Radcliffe. So lots of really cool things happening for Samara. And I was, I'm always intrigued in getting actors at that kind of moment when they're about to break and they're, it's all kind of just starting to happen. And that's definitely the moment for Samara right now. And if you're wondering about her last name, yes, she is related. She is the niece of the great Australian actor, Hugo Weaving, you know, from, of course, the Matrix films and so many other things. So definitely some talent in the bloodlines of the Weaving family. So real fun to talk to Samara on this conversation of the podcast this week. Uh, other things to mention. Well, guys, I just got back from D23 in Los Angeles, uh, which, if you don't know it, is essentially Comic-Con for all things Disney. And Disney has enough things just to have their own Comic-Con. Um, 
they have obviously Pixar and Star Wars and Marvel and the animated films and now Disney Plus, um, and I'm probably forgetting a thousand other things and and all the Fox properties now. So there is an embarrassment of riches, and D23 is kind of their big fan event where they bring out tons of stars, make a ton of big announcements, show lots of exclusive footage, and also give some access to the press like myself. So I did a bunch of interviews with, it felt like on, it was like it's on Saturday, I felt like I interviewed every movie star on the planet in the course of like three hours. So it was everybody from Dwayne Johnson to Angelina Jolie to Anna Kendrick. It was just, it was, everybody was there for all manner of films and, uh, it was exhausting, but a lot of fun, too. Oh, and, and by the way, and the Star Wars cast. Spoke to Daisy Ridley, our old buddy. Spoke to J.J. Abrams, John Boyega, Kelly Marie Tran. It was, it was a lot of fun. So we're just starting to, uh, we're going to just start to roll out all these interviews. There's a lot of them. So look out for, I'll be touting them on my social media, Joshua Horowitz on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but also follow along MTV News, um, and they will um, spread the good word on on those interviews. They were a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of cool conversations. So hope you guys enjoy that one. Also worth noting new comedy central after hours episode up with the great Danny McBride, Adam Devine and Edie Patterson. They are the stars of the righteous gemstones on HBO. We did a, uh, our own kind of riff on hot ones, an homage, a parody, a tribute to that very popular web series. Uh, we we did ours a little bit differently, went a different direction. Uh, I'm very proud of it. Those guys were a blast to shoot with. It's very funny. And uh, again, uh, follow that. Uh, you can check that one out on Comedy Central's YouTube page. Um, I've sent it out over on Instagram and, uh, and Twitter. So highly recommend that one. Uh, and that's about it. That's enough plugs for one week, right, guys? Okay, on to the main event. Uh, here is a bright, shining new star. Meet Samara Weaving. So as you can see, it couldn't be more casual, Samara. I love it. Should we just have a chat? Let's just have a little cheeky chat. A cheeky... Welcome to Cheeky Chats. Welcome to Cheeky Chats. With uh, Samara Weaving. Hi yeah. there. Hello. Uh, great to meet you. You too. Um, how's the press tour treating you? This is probably a, a good one because there's there's some good good energy in the in the there's universe. There's some good energy. Yeah, it's good. Um, the reviews seem to, everyone seems to like it, which is nice. I'm sure you saw this one. I mean, I, I as the as the days have gone by, like it is does feel like it's like gaining momentum. But I saw the one from Guillermo del Toro yesterday. The tweet. Oh, the tweet. Yeah, I mean, I've stayed off of You're like, like looking it's too much it's a little well i think just for me if i care about the reviews and the judgment then i don't know it just well, maybe it's just not a healthy thing to no, do I think it's down very, the road i think it's very healthy to <laughs> just separate myself but my fiance like texts me the good ones and he reads them out loud and yeah it's and nice you, you need somebody to separate the yeah no i mean when you have the likes of Guillermo, like not only talking about the movie but your performance. I know I'm still in shock about it. It'll hit me in like a week and yeah, yeah. Well, you should enjoy this ride because yeah, as you know, you've been doing I this. Should. It's not like this is your first rodeo, but this is a this is a different kind of an experience. Yeah, I would think. I should enjoy it more. I have such bad anxiety. Like the movie making part is fantastic. The press stuff gets me. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna treat you nicely sweats. today. Don't worry. As you can see. Oh, I mean, this. you could treat me out. <laughs> you did a shit. No, you didn't. You did a great job. Why am I saying she did a shitty job? What's wrong with me? You I mean, you can. It made me feel better. Anyway. No, no. Are you the kind of person though that, like, on a job, 
you expect the best or worst? Like you're on a job, like are you expecting like when I eventually see this in theaters or on TV, like I'm going to be disappointed or I'm going to be excited? I never know because mm -hmm. a lot of it's in the edit. Yeah. So even if you feel really good, you just you just you just never know. Was that a lesson you learned early on? Like, oh wait, this is kind of out of my. Oh control. yeah, from age fourteen, it's like okay, I can just, you know, do the best I can do and hope for the best. Yeah. And luckily with this, they nailed it. Clearly. Yeah. So when did when did the did you notice a shift in the recent months of like when people started, at least whether you were noticing honestly, it or I friends were? I wasn't paying attention. Well, the good thing is you've been, you've been working too. Yeah, I've got something yeah, to take my mind cool. off things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I saw it in theaters with, with a whole crowd of people at a Fantasia Fest, that's when I was, I, I, yeah, I, I, I calmed down after seeing that reaction. Had you seen the film before? Yeah, but with, you know, execs and producers totally and everyone's going to say, oh, it's great. So, yeah. you know, you don't know the honest opinion until you're there with, you know, the like real Actual human beings horror fans. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the, the right audience to kind of right. really gauge it. Yeah. And I'm sure I haven't seen it with like a packed audience, but I'm sure this is like the kind of thing where it's going to. Yeah. Like I was biting my nails for the first the opening and then when everyone started laughing at the right moments and getting being afraid at the right moments, I. Calm down. You're like, oh wait, we kind of oh, I think, did what I we think were trying to pocket. do. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So okay, so let's let's uh, let's go back. Is this way? First of all, is this your first podcast? I feel like I was doing some this research. This is my third. Oh fuck. I hadn't until two days ago. Okay. Well. Yeah. Great. So now, sorry. But this is thirds, the best whatever. one. Yeah. Come clearly, on. three minutes in, you can already tell the and vibe is different. And this is my first one-on-one -on -one podcast. Okay. That I consider so, that yeah. a solo exclusive. Yeah. With yeah. Samara. Yeah. I definitely. Um, okay. So talk to me. Growing up, uh, what did your parents do? Where were you? I know you. You kind of floated around a bit. You. Mm -hmm. You traveled a bit. So what do you consider? Like, where did you grow up? If somebody asks you that, what do you say? I say it's a long story. <laughs> How much time do you have? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was born in Australia, but I left at two weeks old. And we grew up in Fiji, Singapore, Indonesia, a um, little bit in Italy, and then moved back to Australia. And then within Australia, we moved pretty much every two to four years. Wow. Yeah. So, okay, so what accounted, what, uh, I assume, based on what your parents did or what was... Yeah, I mean, they, they just... I think they just love moving. I think that's why they're still married. <laughs> keep it, Every keep it two interesting. years. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, my mom uh, worked for museums. Um, she has a PhD in Peranakan art, which is very niche. Mm. It's ancient Singaporean oh, art. I'm a little rusty on mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little rusty on Peranakan <laughs> art. Yeah. For all, you may have made that word up for all I know. I'm going to fact check this afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing, yeah, keeping you on your toes. Yeah. Um, and then dad, um, he was a filmmaker and then he worked um, for corporations as, when we were growing up. Uh-huh. And then now he's has a PhD in film noir and um, is a professor 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 of uh, film um, at a university in Australia. That's pretty cool. So were you exposed to a lot of specifically film noir growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, a lot of Ingrid Bergman yeah. and Betty Davis. Yeah, all so those did, did 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 you absorb that and love it, or did you reject it because it was your dad's love? <laughs> I, I loved them, 
But I think because he has a critical mind of films, right. he was, you know, teaching us at a young age, you know, like, oh, do you look at that shot? It's beautiful. And yeah. we were like, we just want to enjoy the movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, now I find I watch myself Dumb and Dumber doing Dad? it. Like. No, but it was a great, like, education um, as a kid. Yeah, you soak that up. Yeah. So, okay, so by nature of moving around a lot, do you mm-hmm. feel, how do you feel that defined you as a kid? Like, does that, because that can make you adaptable or it can make you... I'm not adaptable okay. at all. So it uh, op- went the opposite way. However, I really appreciate it now because I was always a performer mm. and the lifestyle of a performer, you, you go to different cities and countries and you have to make a whole new family yeah. on set. You meet 200 people in one day and you work with them for, you know, a couple months and then say goodbye and you do it all over again. And I don't think I could be, I don't think I would be as um, loving of that if it wasn't for the, yeah, growing up with the same That is interesting, yeah, because I've talked to a lot of actors about that. It always boggles my mind because I think it happens for a lot of actors, like especially early on, that, I mean, you know this, like, by the end of a of a, a a great experience, you've really bonded with these people. You really do, and you're like, and you feel like you're gonna like, know. When will that, I see you again? Yeah, you're gonna see them like yeah. the rest of your lives. And the reality is often like yeah, it's some, like one in ten films you might find a real, really good friend that yeah. you you do hang out with. And, a just, lot. and it's not even like malicious; it's just life. No, it's just it gets in the way. Busy. It's, yeah. Hey, are you in LA? Like, no, I'm in yeah. Serbia or you know, <laughs> back in Serbia. Yeah, back in Serbia. Uh, so, yeah. you, so the upbringing has served you well in that, because so you kind of had a, yeah, cause a crash I would, course in that. And I also think it contributed to my love of the work, because I was so shy and have severe anxiety, uh, and my parents put me into drama courses at a really young age, because yeah. I wouldn't speak to other children for you know weeks, and um, as a way of getting me out of my shell, they'd put me in drama classes, and I really loved it. That was the outlet. Yeah. It's interesting. Again, that it's a recurring theme. I mean, I, I'm similar. Like, I talk more on mic than I do off mic. <laughs> I feel it's like. strange. Most people don't um, associate actors with introverts, but I definitely Yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Because so and when you talk about anxiety mm-hmm. growing up, yeah. has that something that's always kind of stuck with you in some fashion? Always. Oh, yeah. Right now. I'm freaking out. No, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of liquor up here. It's, oh, it's, it's like 10.30 yeah. in the morning, so yeah. I don't know if we're really ready for Liquid that. Liquid courage. You, sure. There you go. <laughs> I got nine of these to do, otherwise for oh, sure. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but how does that manifest now? Does it get to kind of affect your life or work for the I negative? I've just, I don't What's remember not being anxious, yeah. so I don't know. Physical. I mean, you know, there's definitely ways to cope with it and things not to do and, you know, mm-hmm therapy and all that jazz and it's great you know and yeah. I think the more I talk about it the more people are like oh me too you know yeah, yeah. yeah so what about on a film set is that because like all... that's my happy place is it that's where I can just be a lunatic and <laughs> don't feel judged that's great well yeah that's the key not to feel judged not yeah to, not to feel like uh to feel that there's freedom and or judged but in a sort of critical way not uh personal way yeah. yeah 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 not a personal judgment but mm-hmm. like we're all in this together let's fuck around and yeah see what and happens. you can play with it and you're not being yourself you're being a character which you know i don't know it's i think i saw a quote where it's you know it's easy to be a character but it's hard to be yourself yeah with actors yeah yeah 
Okay, so so early on, they put you into, what did you say, like acting classes, like a theater program? Is yeah, in schools and yeah. outside of school programs, you know. And, and you, do you remember immediately finding that to be like a safe place, like a, like a, yeah. like a fun outlet? Yeah, I think my first role, I was like five or six at a production and I played uh, The Grinch. <laughs> and I was like four foot tall running around like blonde hair, blue eyes, thinking I was the scariest thing possible. And, you know, all the parents laughing and I was, had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> Explains a lot about where you've ended up so far in your career yeah, and the maybe. kind of material you're in. All sure. goes back to the Grinch. All comes back to the Grinch. <laughs> when, does the, when does it go from fun to something serious in terms of like, I'm actually going to give this a go? I honestly, I've been asked this question a few times and I can't pinpoint a light bulb moment. Right. I think it was a natural succession yeah. from doing it at school. And um, I was, you know, always doing theater outside of school. And I just, anywhere it was, I would gravitate towards. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't even remember when, I think I auditioned for um, a show called Out of the Blue in Australia when I was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, of course, you know, it yeah. wasn't a decision I made. It right. just was there. And I was so grateful that my parents really supported on like me on doing that. Well, they probably saw how happy it made you in other forms. Yeah. And I think I was quite determined as well, mm-hmm. you know, cause I loved it so much and, oh, I get to do this all day, every day and yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sign me up. What um, backtracking a little bit? So you mentioned the film noir being exposed to through your dad. Like, mm-hmm. what were you into as a kid? Like, what were? Do you remember actors or filmmakers or uh, like were you were you into Australia? I mean, that was the heyday also of like when like this like wave of amazing Australian talent yeah, but was the, taking Australia, over. They love real dark movies, and I was really young, right. so. Um, you weren't watching Animal Kingdom at twelve years yeah, old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no town. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What was that? We, in Indonesia, it was hard to... We couldn't really go to the films because they were all either subtitled or dubbed um, and in most of Asia as well, I think. And my parents were really adamant about not letting us watch television too much. Mm-hmm. You know, we sort of had to use our imagination and right. mum always made us paint, you know. Right. Um, if we didn't do our homework, she would just say, well, if you just do a watercolour, we'll... Don't let it slide, don't worry. <laughs> I'll make that bargain every time. So every single of, time. Yeah, so we sort of used our imagination a lot and we'd just make short films and do skits for our parents. And uh, yeah, my dad had a huge, it was almost like a library. It was a whole room, but instead of bookshelves, it was just full of DVDs. So it, yeah. I remember watching The Breakfast Club and falling in love with that. And mm-hmm. I watched it about 17 times. Nice. And we had a... Um, like a dodgy copy of Friends because it was the only way we could find um, English-speaking mm-hmm. <laughs> DVDs. <laughs> so I was a, I was in love with Friends. I have great memories of my dad coming home and us watching that together. Uh, but we only had up to season six. I didn't realize it had finished until I was like, <laughs> well, it's like, like the eighteen. Australian I was like, wait, it finished? Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> home yeah. and Away season thirty-nine or right. whatever. Oh yeah, three thousand episode. <laughs> I remember reading the scripts on Home and Away, and it was like episode five thousand, you know, one hundred and forty-nine. I was like, great. <laughs> Did they actually put the number on? Oh yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, were you traumatized at all by, I noticed by the math that The Ring probably came out when you were like around 10. That was my first horror film I ever saw and it traumatized me. I'm not I even think talking about the film, I'm talking about the, the character name. 
Oh, yeah. Samara. Oh, but do you know my sister's name is Morgan? <laughs> so it's like it's your it's, parents knew something. It's yeah. something in the water. I, I don't know what happened, but Samara Morgan, yeah. That was the first scary film I watched. And I remember the girls at high school were really excited to sneakily put it on when the parents were away. And it was kind of an excuse to like cuddle up to boys. But I was just sat in a corner rocking. Like, I couldn't. Like, What's and going I was on trying tomorrow? to leave. <laughs> yeah. This was not fun at all. Yeah. <laughs> Thus began your love affair with horror. Exactly. <laughs> so they're really fun to make. They're just, fun to make. Again, therapy. Ter- you're probably working through something. Well, yeah, it's like I'm paying someone to make my anxiety even worse. This is a win-win for everybody, <laughs> I think. Okay, so at what point uh, do you discover that your uncle's kind of a big deal? Hugo Weaving is your uncle who... I don't remember a moment. I remember in uh, in primary school... I, I think I was trying to brag about it. I was like, he's in something. He was in The Matrix and The Sims had just was huge. And mm. I think it had this similar yeah. brand name. Sure. So everyone was like, your uncle's in The Sims. And I was like, I don't, wait, I need to ask. Because I wasn't allowed to watch The mm. Matrix. Um, I think the first film I saw him, it was when I was looking through my dad's DVDs. I think I must have been about 13 and I found Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and I loved it. Amazing. I was like, my uncle's awesome. Yeah, pretty, yeah. Cool. pretty cool one to discover. Mm-hmm. So, and how is that, I mean, you were, I think your first film was in a film with him, correct? Yeah, one of the first, right? yeah. So how has that influenced, has he been a direct influence through your career, or does it feel like something very apart from your development as an actor? bit of both. I mean, he's really first and foremost Uncle Hugo. Sure, yeah, I mean, yeah. of course we talk about, I mean, his son is a fantastic actor as well. And so, and you know, my cousin was at um, clown school in France at Lecoq. And um, so we're all these like gypsy actor mm-hmm. artist types, which is so much fun to be around. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when you eventually did watch The Matrix, were mm-hmm. you put in a weird spot where you were rooting for your uncle against Neo? <laughs> Do you feel like you were like, why is, why is Keanu Reeves beating the shit out of my uncle? No, I think I was looking at it as a, with a critical mind. Like, oh, that's so cool how they did that. And <laughs> yeah, I just loved it. that. Those films were so mind-blowing at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you get the heads up from Keanu on set that there was another Matrix brewing? I didn't. I got to read about it on Twitter. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Your new friend is not giving you I the know, inside dope. Keanu. <laughs> so, um, okay, so, so you mentioned the first gig, which was out of the... Out of the blue. Out of the blue, right, yeah. in Australia. Is that, a, is that considered a soap kind of a thing? Or? It was a drama series. It ran for six months or something. Got and, it. Yeah. And that goes into another longer running yeah gig, right yeah then I did home and away I did for six weeks while I was at, I was at school and then I had to make a big decision do I go to university or home and away and and what was that a was that a big decision or was yeah it I think my a, parents you know they sort of sat me down with they were like well what do you love it like is that your end goal yeah and in this industry if you can get work then do, right. do the work and yeah I learned a lot of technical stuff on that on that job so so Very grateful. It, and, and and that so educate me home and away versus for instance what neighbors is that another big one yeah they're pretty they're similar one's yeah. set in like a suburban australia and one's by the beach Got it. <laughs> i did well, the which beach one are you one. you're the beach, the beach that sounds one. like a better gig well you would think so but um <laughs> it's based in this uh magical place called summer bay with actual magic no oh, i got really excited <laughs> i'm, I'm going to go wish it was 3000 episodes yeah catch up. um <laughs> 
But in Australia, it, there, we do have winter. So we were on a beach in the middle of winter, you know. Uh, We'd have to, like, cut Sam's lips are blue and, you know. <laughs> yeah. TV magic. We all got glandular fever and shingles and, oh, yeah, it was crazy. That's great. Well, you learned everything you needed to know about what this business would be early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. After you do that, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, at what point do you start to – I mean, at, at that point, are you already thinking about – uh, making a run at a career here in the states, like is that an end all be all goal? Because you can be a probably a jobbing successful actor in Australia. Yeah, I, that was the goal was to just keep working. And yeah. I was so young on Home and Away. I started when I was seventeen. Right. Uh, so I was just excited that I got to go to drama school every day, and right. you know, got to do this. But well, you know, oh, I get to see what a set looks like, and this, you know, yeah, it was a huge production, and I thought that was really cool, and. I just wanted to keep doing that. Um, How soon did, like, when did you come to the States for the first time? I came to the States, oh, I'm so bad with dates. Um, it, it was straight after I finished Home and Away, so maybe I was 21 or okay. 20. I can't remember. So I'm so, you're going to have to fact check this. I'm gonna, I yeah, remember. I'm going to have to get the staff really in overtime on this yeah. one tomorrow. Jeez. I came over to get representation. Um, but I still lived in Australia because um, I was I could get work there, and I'd seen a lot of people go move to America when they were still known in Australia. Yeah, and it, it's so hard to get work there. Um, so I was just auditioning from Australia, and um, luckily putting yourself got, on tape or Skype and putting myself whatever, on tape, yeah. and I could still work and do like ambassador things and. Australia and make money. Got it. Um, and then moved to the states when I finally booked a job there. Got it. Yeah. So what, was there was there a template for you, like an actor or actress, to emulate at that point, like a, a path that? Or <laughs> again, 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 at that point, it was like I was just I'll take, going with the flow. Yeah, like, let's see what I sure, get. Take anyone want to hire yeah. me? Great. <laughs> What's the first big? Hollywood audition that like got you excited? Do you remember one that was like? Oh, I must have done. Because I, I was unemployed for nearly two years. I don't... <laughs> I Yeah, like millions. Um, yeah, I, I honestly... Anything <laughs> and everything like, that needed like a 20-year-old woman, I, I was there. Were they TV series, movies, everything? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself going out for the same kinds of parts? No, completely different. Well, that's good. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. And why... why because that seems relatively lucky to that you were already being thought of in different capacities well I thank my team for doing that they didn't pigeonhole me you know yeah. they really believed in me that I could you know that I could be versatile in roles yeah um which was fantastic so what's the first American production that you were uh, I did I think I did I was in like two scenes of monster trucks right <laughs> the worldwide global the world, phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a hit! <laughs> Again, there's a lesson there somewhere. Yeah. I don't know what the lesson is, but there's a lesson. Well, it was great. I mean, I wasn't carrying the film on right. my shelf. I was just—it was really great to see how American productions work. Yeah. Just to see a little snippet of it. I feel like I've actually heard it's a decent movie, despite like I it being seen it. dumped it's into really whatever. No, it's okay. It'll be okay. And then the big one was um, the Babysitter. The Babysitter. So, yeah. So for Netflix, directed by Mick G, mm -hmm. uh, cool ensemble cast, yeah. you're the lead, you yeah. are the babysitter. Mm -hmm. So did that feel like a jump in terms of like the production of being the lead in a production like yeah. that? Yeah, really a lot of pressure. I was freaking Again, out. Again, back you to know. the anxiety. Yeah, well, because 
yeah, I hadn't done an American accent for that long before, so I had a dialect coach, and um, I really wanted to, you know, because it was sort of a, the big, you know, opportunity. If I if I failed at that, I didn't know if I was gonna be hired afterwards. Right. Uh, so I really wanted to do a good job and put a lot of pressure on myself. But McGee was wonderful to work with. He's, he's so a big lovely. He's, he's, very he's sweet. so sweet. Yeah. So he really calmed me down. Um, I did. I moderated a panel that he did at Comic Con years ago for the Terminator movie he did, yeah. and I'll never forget. He's like such a showman. Oh like, yeah. You know, usually when you have to moderate something, it's like <laughs> you got a, a job to do. Like you're kind of like traffic cop. <laughs> I get up there and literally I'm like starting to introduce the cast, and I'm like, and, and here's McG, and McG just is like, thanks, Josh. He comes up to the podium, and I like sat down for an hour. Oh yeah, he would have made your job really easy. It's like yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. That's McG. <laughs> <laughs> so was there a metric for success on that one because that's the weird thing on Netflix things my sense is that did that was watched by a lot of people that like yeah it I did, think so yeah do it, they I ever mean, tell def- you anything or is it like they just say I don't B know plus, how A- the minus, numbers I don't know how the numbers work with Netflix I think someone said to me that it was the most watched Netflix original at that time but I don't know if that's true or not sounds good I wouldn't be able to figure it out Uh, I have no way of knowing but career wise you notice there's that changes things a little bit yeah more and more doors started opening um, especially with that genre and uh, getting into more and more rooms and meeting with different casting directors it definitely started rolling after that and that's when I made the move to the to LA so you made the move then yeah and you're My living in LA manager now. was like I think I it's think time. you can you can make the I jump think, yeah come over get over here <laughs> <laughs> how's LA treating you so far I love it yeah yeah it took like a year to feel like home but again back to my roots of moving around it wasn't right. necessarily a huge shock but remember, we the template that we've discovered for you is you need to move every two years. Yeah. So welcome to New York yeah, in 2021. Thank you. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> when did when and how did three billboards happen? Small role, but like a really key. Fun that role. was incredible. Amazing. I really and I have to thank my fiance for that because I I was such a fan of Martin McDonough's work, but Jimmy, who's a writer, he you know. But when I was learning the lines for the audition, he brought up the notion that he's a playwright. you got to get every single line right. And that character was written so precisely. So I had a lot of um, buts, uh, Mm. likes. Right, right, right. And I made sure I got every one of those, like, idioms in the right place. Yep. And at the rap party, Martin said, you know you were the only person who auditioned that got the lines right. That's amazing. I was like, oh, thank God. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> what, um, yeah, what is that experience on set like? You're, you're working up at John Hawks, who's unbelievable, yeah, yeah. Uh, Francis McDormand. Yeah. I mean, this is like the all-stars of the all-stars. I think there's a reason why Martin works with the same people all yeah. the time, because they were all beautiful people. Yeah. You know, they weren't standoffish at all, even though I was just there for two weeks. They yeah. really, they'd take me out for dinner and come around to my house, you know, let's have a glass of wine. They was, it was really, they were so welcoming. I can't thank them enough. Does that spoil you a little bit? Like being on a production like that, again, with that caliber of actor and that director and that script, like the whole, from, from stem to stern, that's like oh, as good yeah. as you're going to get. I mean, 100%. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, exactly. tell team weaving, I want 10 more of those. <laughs> let's, yeah, what you just did, let's do that again. Let's do that again. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I called um, my team afterwards and I said, I don't 
I I'll take I'll play a wait up for this man again. Like I'll, anything. Right. Well, again, the lesson like yeah, two weeks relatively small part, but mm-hmm. like good, great for the career, great for your life experience. Yeah, like seem who to cares? It. Like people in a way seem to like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and has one of it's it's ironically that I I was looking online the other day when I knew that you were coming in. I'm like I need to get not for purposes of having a <laughs> Who view. Is she? No, but no, 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 it wasn't that. I, I just want a, a t-shirt or hat that says, uh, Penelope said begets. I feel like that needs to be on some kind of That would merch. be amazing. <laughs> I would love that shirt. We'll get it for you for next time. Anger begets anger. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk a little bit. Uh, we talked a little bit at the beginning of, of ready or not, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into this one. Cause this is such like a wonderful kind of a surprise for a lot of people. I think of like, you know, we see a lot of I mean, again, I was going to say horror, thriller, comedy. I don't know what really genre this is. It's a genre mashup. It is kind of a mashup. Mm -hmm. But it's, I think it's surprising people just like how expertly done it is, the sense of humor about it, the performances, the casting. It's just, it just feels like this is one where it kind of all clicked. It's really hard to pull that off. Yeah. It's really hard to do. So talk to me about, did you know from the start that this had the ingredients for something that was, that was, excuse me, a little special? Definitely the script 100% thread that line really, really well. But I've learned that even if the script is genius, it's the, it's the execution of it that, that really is is what matters. What's the, so what's the challenge? Let's set this up a little bit. So you play Grace who Mm -hmm. we're meeting her on her wedding day, (laughs) being kind of welcome to a bit of an eccentric odd family. We can see the, (laughs) we see the seeds are there from the start. This is not like, this is your average. Not family. your average no. family. And just as it progresses, we see how batshit crazy they are. Oh, it gets so mental, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess on the plus side, you have one outfit for the entire uh, production. You would think. It was 17. <laughs> movie magic. Was 17. Yeah, yeah. You're, as I understand, I mean, you're, you're clearly front and center of the star of this one. You're on production, I would imagine, every single day. Yeah, I think I had one day off. Mm-hmm. Very physical role. Yeah, pretty physical. <laughs> so do you, does that come naturally, the physicality of a performance? Because that's so important to something like this. Yeah, I was pretty lucky. I just finished filming uh, Guns Akimbo, and we did four or five weeks of stunt training for that. Yeah. So with this, it was actually a lot easier because Guns Akimbo, there's a lot more physicality. Well, we're going to get to the Mr. Radical in a second, <laughs> <don't> <laughs> So there, we, there was a lot of stunts, but um, I wanted it to look messy because in Guns Kimbo, I play a proper fighter. Yeah. So with this, it was fun because I could make it a little sloppier and messier and yeah. the desperation of her come out in that sense. It, 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 I mean, and I've heard the filmmakers talk about this a bit. I mean, I think one of the imp- impressive things that you guys were able to achieve is is modulating a performance like this, which is like it, it, it you need to see the pr- progression of like it dawning on her of what the fuck is happening (laughs) (laughs) and sort of starting to absorb the situation she's in and then by the end kind of what she has to kind of the occasion she has to rise to Mm -hmm. um Again, a relatively short shoot. This yeah. isn't like a hundred day shoot. It's mm-hmm. probably what twenty or thirty yeah, it was like days. Yeah, twenty six days or something. I so, what when you're in it? Is it what's like the challenge once you're like in the throes of it? Is it sort of like figuring out where you're at in the story and kind of figuring out um, where Grace should be at that point or what? Well, we when I met with Radio Silence, uh, I really wanted to prepare the yeah because she has a lot of discoveries throughout 
the film. Yeah. And I really wanted to work that out before we even got on set because I know a lot of times, you know, we were shooting really quickly. Sure. And so we we planned all of that ahead of time, and especially because we're shooting out of order. No one shoots in order these days. So um, we I could go back to the script and figure out. Okay, so she should grace you know. level six. Yeah, here. exactly. <laughs> yeah, and f- yeah. So we figured out the arc of each scene so that it wouldn't get too repetitive. Because I know a lot of um, horror films, you know, the protagonist can play or be shocked or scared over and over again. Yep. And I really wanted her to pivot each time and get angry and then determined and then just frustrated or just completely over it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And starting with that shock and frighten and instead of getting more and more afraid and just unraveling, I wanted her to get, get mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Go full on Ripley by the end. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are, I mean, are there templates for this? Like, are there films that are referenced by the filmmakers or to, to is that helpful for you as an actor or is it sort of just going with your gut in terms of what's in the script? I think it's different for each job. Sometimes you really want those references to yeah. get a sense of what the filmmakers are thinking. But with this, um, it was really... I mean, the tone was already on the paper and then when we were on the location, it was so beautiful and we really got a sense of how grand this, you know, and... The setting's perfect for it, yeah. Yeah, totally. And then um, just playing the truth of the scenes, even though they're so ridiculous, Yeah, you know? It is an interesting negotiation that I think, like, I feel like all the actors, and this is, is, is sounds basic, but it often doesn't happen, are on the same page. Like, it, there is a reality, but there's also a bit of an archness to some of the performances yeah. that's just right. Like, I, mean, I just, I love, and I also love the way it's cast. Like, I don't know, like, the permutations they went, but, like, the fact that Henry Zerny's the patriarch, like, not the biggest name, but he's such a great actor. Oh, he's fantastic. And he's just perfect for this. so good. One of those actors that every time I see him, like, oh, I wish I saw more of him. Yeah, he really can play that, uh, you, he seems very grand and intimidating at first, and then he slowly unravels into this, like, desperate... (laughs) <laughs> oh, sort of bumbling. Yeah, they're morons, so this fun. family. That's it's kind hysterical. of the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, okay, so jumping around a, a bit, um, you mentioned Guns Akimbo. Mm-hmm. I think I might see you in Toronto for that. Are you oh, going great. To go there? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Great, great. I'll be there too. Um, so, uh, Mr. Daniel Radcliffe, I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with that gentleman. He's the best. He's, he's so the sweetest. Sweet. He's I the, love him. He's the best. So, uh, I gather this is an, a, a, a unique. I mean, his sensibilities I love. Like, the oh, stuff he's yeah. done from Swiss Army. I man, didn't know how cool he was. I was hiding my Harry Potter tattoo for the first, like, three weeks <gasps> of stunt training. And then I forgot to wear long socks. And he was like, is that? And I was like, okay, listen. It's oh, no. J.K. Rowling. It's not about you. <laughs> so what's the tattoo? It's the Deathly Hallows on the uh, ankle. That's <laughs> so the books or fil- and or films were big for you growing oh, up? Oh, yeah, because I was, I think I was a little bit younger, but I was pretty much the same age as Harry growing up. Right. Um, of course, they're ruined now because I've met him. <laughs> <laughs> so when you learned that you were up for this opposite Dan, was that Yeah, I surreal? just loved his work and I loved his choices he's made right. after um, the franchise. So I was, and the character was so insane. I was so intrigued at that challenge. Your character's pretty yeah. insane. I've seen, I saw, I think you posted a photo. Oh, I look insane. Yeah. 
it was it was a social experiment because I had <laughs> like a black and silver mullet with no eyebrows, and what? we did um, equity turnaround, not SAG turnaround, uh-huh. and it took like three three and a half hours to put all these tattoos on me so I would go home with all the tats on sometimes and we were filming in New Zealand and Germany and people would cross the street to get away from me and I'd try and buy dinner and people wouldn't serve me they were terrified that's fantastic it way. was fun for about two weeks and then it got really sad oh, like guys <laughs> it's like guys I I'm promise nice. I'm, I'm, I'm nice <laughs> sliding over with like blood-stained hands <laughs> yeah. so you're coming off of okay so that one I'm very excited to see that sounds batshit crazy in the best possible way <laughs> um, I would expect nothing less mm-hmm. uh, are you done on Bill and Ted? I'm done yeah have they wrapped the whole thing? Or I, think uh, like, I think this is the last week yeah I feel like I'm seeing like different still, tweets from yeah, people that are starting to wrap a couple more days yeah. um, so I couldn't be more excited like I can't <laughs> express in human words how I'm feeling about this one <laughs> a lot of people are yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I've been stalking Keanu and I, and I know <laughs> Alex a bit uh, for years about this and they've told me a little bits and pieces about what was planned so the fact that he actually made the I movie know. is unbelievable to me um, d- does did it have resonance to you no I had no idea what oh, it was no <laughs> I read out the audition I was sat on my couch and reading out the email like oh you have an audition for Bill and Ted and I was reading it out loud and my fiance just like leapt up and yeah. started doing this strange southern californian voice and i what's wrong with you dude like what he's like oh my god we have to watch it right now and i was okay <laughs> um so he was really helpful again with that audition amazing so you play bill's daughter yes yeah named after ted right <laughs> it's a close close relationship oh yeah does the apple fall fa- fall far from the tree are not you not at all it is tree adjacent <laughs> <laughs> so basically you just have to study alex's performance in the first yeah two movies yeah bit. yeah that's amazing yeah it was fun <laughs> um yeah what did it sense there must have been a lot of good energy on that set like, oh yeah because they've been trying to get this off the ground for i years. mean I, it was just so much fun watching them do those characters again yeah after 32 years it was i, I mean a lot of people that came back it was just a surreal experience for them once well, the writers are, are back yeah, too it's, the same, it's like the same crew yeah crazy yeah it was just fun to watch them amazing so you've seen, now seen the originals you're now yes, well versed yes okay because when you are on the press store for this one and i'm talking to all of you i just don't want to embarrass you in front of <laughs> alex and keanu no i mean you they can't be embarrassed <laughs> so where do we go from here samara this is a good moment we have yeah. ready or not which is about to take over the planet <laughs> i mean ah, i don't you know went to like a maniacal cackle for a second <laughs> that's my nervous laughter i'm sorry <laughs> that's okay uh, a year from now, we'll be talking about Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. What do you, like? What are? Uh, can, do you feel like you can steer your own ship right now in terms of like what you're looking for? Or again, is it sort of a thing of like what the world has for me? Yeah, I'm if anyone wants to hire me, um, <laughs> call my agents. Uh, I'll be down. Well, I was excited to talk to you because, like, again, not to like give you anxiety or whatever, but there, it, it feels like it's a moment for you oh, where thank you. where like people are seeing like a, a like you showcased in a very special way in a special movie. Um, <laughs> that will elicit some interesting opportunities. So, I hope so. Yes, I, th- I think we can mark this time. Okay, great. Our 40 minutes here to get today great. in my sweaty, weird office. I love this office. I, I just am looking at this photo over here. Which one? The oh. Is it Jennifer Lawrence and... You got it. Is, is you that got it. Bradley Cooper? Yeah! <laughs> I've been staring at that the whole time. That is hysterical. <laughs> I was wondering what your wandering eye was doing. Yeah. What is... Oh, okay. He's trying <laughs> oh, okay. to figure it out the whole time. That feels right. Yeah, it's yeah, It's a good face mash. Yeah. yeah. It's a little disturbing. I, I always say it's proof they should never procreate. <laughs> right? 
I mean... They'd make a good baby. Well... But just not that baby. Just not that <laughs> Just not that one. <laughs> um, congratulations on Ready or Not. Thank People you. should definitely check it out. It's a, it's a unique, fun piece of work. And uh, I look forward to seeing Guns Akimbo and seeing you in Toronto, hopefully. Thank you. We'll yeah, get, we'll get some, see we'll get some poutine. Uh, Toronto. Have you ever had poutine? Yes. Delightful. I've never had it. Okay, well, let's go get that. Okay, perfect. Great. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. (laughs) 